Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Mr. Jim Justice is the owner of the Greenbrier, and he's been our gracious host once again this year for Saints Training Camp 2015. What we all want is we want this to translate into wins. We want a Super Bowl championship, and we want multiple Super Bowl championships, and maybe if we get multiple ones, somebody will give me a ring. Saints quarterback Ryan Griffin with us on the Black and Blue Report. I think experience helps being comfortable, but I mean, definitely spent a lot of time this offseason working out and giving everything I got. You know, every year I feel like this is it. You know, either you're going to make it or you're not, and it could be it for you. So I have that same approach every year. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Well, the days in West Virginia are starting to wind down, but we continue here on the Black and Blue Report with John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody, to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And this uh, Tuesday edition of the show, the Saints went back to work today after having a player's off day yesterday and had their final work all to themselves before the New England Patriots roll into town tomorrow and uh, for a workout tomorrow and on Thursday. All right, J.D., that seemed to be the heaviest talk today. It was about the impending uh, arrival of the New England Patriots. But before we get to that, uh, what were some of the takeaways from this morning's work, which proved to be rain-free, surprisingly enough? Well, the main thing is they did some goal line install and went live for a bit. Uh, Not an extended period of time going live, but we saw Mark Ingram score on a short run. We saw Stephon Anthony make a nice stuff at the goal line of uh, Kyrie Robinson. So, you know, that was the main thing. This is the first install game game uh, goal line that we've seen. They did a walkthrough earlier, then they went a little bit live. Again, not heavy live, but they did do some live action because I'm sure they'll do some of that against New England. Yep, and a lot of the uh, transactions to report today. I know you'll want to check out NewOrleansSaints.com for that. But uh, anything notable about the transactions? There was a good four or five of them. Well, the main thing is uh, rookie linebacker Davis Tolles come off the pup. We know he was uh, off the pup actually a couple of days ago, but he got his first participation in prep pads. He didn't go full. He didn't go contact, but every drill that he could participate in, he did so. So that's always a good sign to see him um, on the field. Uh, we know that Ben Watson is going to return this afternoon. Ben Watson, Benjamin Watson is home with his wife. She gave birth to a child, their fifth, and Benjamin will rejoin the team here for the for the New England practices. So, you know, the other uh, um things that are happening again you can look at neworleansaints.com but those are the two main ones that i can think of i agree i agree and speaking of davis tall he'll be with us today on the black and blue report our first chance to visit with him since uh, you and i spoke with him back uh, when he was drafted by the new orleans saints how long ago does that seem right now it seems like forever man (laughs) you know at the time we didn't really uh we knew he was nicked up a little bit we we didn't know that the uh, labrum was in the shape that it was and he had you know had surgery and had to go through rehab and all that and now he's just getting back to the football field but yeah it seems like forever ago that we that we spoke to him same nice kid and uh it'll be good to see him get on the field in practice don't know how much he'll be able to do because again he's still coming back from that injury and you don't want to get any setbacks if you're going in these uh you know dual practices with new england or the uh, preseason game with new england on saturday night so i don't know how much he'll be going or not going but it's just good to see him back on the field do you get the sense that the Saints are ready to head back for New Orleans? And if, if that is the case, how much of a boost does this Patriots arrival uh, give you to finish this camp correctly? Well, you know, it's like anything else. It's, it's competition, and you can have only so much in-house competition before you get sick of seeing each other. But to have some out-of-the-house out competition, uh, and especially it being the Super Bowl champions, it can only make you better. Say, for instance, Tom, Tom Brady participates in this practice for New England. If he shreds uh, the Saints cornerbacks, which 
is possible, but they should be able to get better from that. And if they have a good showing against him, they should build confidence from that. So it's always good to go against somebody else, uh, especially a team that is as oriented, detail-oriented, and as complex as New England. Now, they're not going to come here and show the playbook, but, again, it's just good to have other competition because these guys have gotten, gotten sick of seeing one another. You know, Marcus Colston has seen enough of Keenan Lewis covering him and those kinds of things. So to get some fresh meat out there, so to speak, is always a good thing. It's going to get those competitive juices flowing. And we'll, we'll probably see some more spirited practices on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm very much hoping so. You know who else was uh, looking forward to the practices is West Virginia's own and NBA Hall of Famer Jerry West. He was at practice today. He told me earlier that he fully expects to be here, if not both days when the Patriots are here, uh, before he concludes his three-month stay here at the Greenbrier that he does each and every summer. Coincidentally enough, we will talk some basketball on today's Black and Blue Report. Daniel Salerson will be joining us from Studio B in Metairie, and his guest will be Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim's got a great piece about Alvin Gentry going up on Pelicans.com today, and those two will be discussing that. We also mentioned we have Davis Tull today, and we'll also hear from Brandon Coleman, who will give us an update on where he is in this very important training camp for him. John DeShazer, Sean Kelly at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. We'll continue with Brandon Coleman right after this. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Head coach Sean Payton says you might see a lot of Brandon Coleman this weekend when the Saints take on the Patriots at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and he joins us now getting ready for this week. I know you're looking forward to another chance to get out there and, and show this team what you can do, can't you, Brandon? Yeah, like you said, I'm just looking forward for opportunity and then um, controlling what I can control and just go out here and prove, my, prove myself. Your, your last couple of days of camp, how would you say they've gone? pretty decent i'm just trying to keep stacking stacking days and you know to stay consistent and that's my whole thing how are you growing at this point is there anything that you've picked up or that you've sharpened up a little bit here in camp there's a guy sharpened up on um, the making fewer mental errors and um, and just playing faster have you uh, been able to look ahead a little bit to say we're going to be finally back in new orleans at some point and what will that feel like i mean it, it'd be good to be back in new orleans um i know a lot of guys are looking forward to it and being being back with their families in their, in their home 
in their homes and stuff. So I think that's the biggest part. I think a lot of us have looked at the same four walls in that hotel room and said, I need to change the scenery, huh? Right, yeah, yeah. Those flowers are getting a little old. <laughs> How much will practicing with the Patriots the next two days change that, that vibe a little bit for you guys? Honestly, I'm not even sure. I've never. This is my first time doing a joint yeah. practice, so this will be, be all new for me. Just So I'm excited to go through that. Have the vets said anything to you about what you might be in store for or how it may look with 180 players on the field? No, they, we haven't talked about it. It's just as it kind of guess we just go through the go through the flow, and the coaches I'm sure will have everything organized how they want it to go. It's a fresh set of defensive backs for you to work against too, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a fresh set of defense. Um, so that's good. We get and we'll see them again all throughout the weekend, especially on Saturday. You know, you had just a couple of targets there during the Ravens game, and coach mentioned that you'll probably be much more involved in Saturday's game. How much can you how much can you make those preseason reps feel like in season reps? Is there is there any delineation or any difference as the way you see it? I can't say that. I can't compare it to a, pre, a season rep because I haven't had any of those. Right. So I can only just take take what I can get and then and just learn from it and so, just keep growing. So that's what feels most real to you at this yeah, point, yeah. huh? Yeah, that's like you said. I, I have more experience in practice than I do in even preseason games. So and I just got to take that what I do in practice to the to the to the field. Will getting as many reps as you think you might get during the preseason help you when you get to the regular season and get those first in season reps? Yeah, well, I hope so, and that's yeah. what it all comes down to. I just got to um, just keep doing, trying to stay consistent and, um, and, uh, and just do, doing my job. Good luck this weekend. Thanks for the visit. Thank you. Yep. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Well, one of the nice things to see at practice earlier today was Davis Tolan, full pads, ready to go, and I know that you were probably more excited about that than any of us watching. Yes, sir. It was, it was a great experience to get out there and, like I said, get my feet wet. You know, I'm looking forward to progressing from today. Is this about where you thought you'd be as far as when you'd be able to participate, or was there some gray area there coming off the surgery? Um, you know, there's there's a timetable, and it's uh, it's kind of got, you know, an area of time where, where you can respond and, and do some things. And I feel like, you know, everything's right on track. You know, I'm doing exactly what the trainers tell me to do. And, um, you know, I, I think I think we're on a good pace. I talked to your college coach after you were drafted on this very program, and he was telling me this story about how you ultimately ended up playing for him. And I think he may have left out some things, but I think it's a story worth revisiting. Did it all – do I have this right? Did this all start by you going to camp as a wide receiver – and then things went from there. Yeah, I actually played. I played wide receiver all throughout high school, and then I played some stand-up defensive end uh, in my junior season. Then got hurt my senior year, so I came down there. They were recruiting me for wide receiver, so I went down to their camp and did some wide receiver and stuff like that. And 
you know, and then they, they had mentioned tight end and stuff like that. And I really preferred defense. So when I got there, uh, you know, they said they said they didn't have any scholarships left. They were on some probation type thing there. And, and anyway, so I was like, let me, you know, I like defense. Let me try out some defense and, you know, took off from there. And here I am. So he said he said um, that it was at a summer camp. Somebody said, hey, make sure you go see this kid tall. He's a wide receiver. And he almost just kind of wrote you off as a wide receiver. And then he just started laughing, and he said, boy, am I glad I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he didn't either, you know, because um, I, I, I had approached the defensive coordinator saying, hey, you know, let me, is, is it all right if I get some defensive end reps? You know, I'd like to try it out, and, you know, he threw me out there, and, and the rest is history, so. Are you able to get your arms around the thought that you were almost left out of the college football picture because maybe you were in the wrong position, and here you are now as a drafted NFL player? Yeah, you know, my story's a little unique, um, but, you know, everybody that gets to the NFL has got their own story of, the, of how they got here. Um, you know, coming out of high school, uh, breaking my leg was really the the difference point, I guess, um, you know, losing scholarships and everything like that and not knowing if I was playing offense or defense, like you said. So, um, But, I, you know, it was my dream. It was what I wanted to do, and, and uh, you know, I kept working at it, and, you know, I'm glad I did. As we tell the story, I guess we should remind people of where you went to school. It was just this little place in Tennessee, right? Right, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Uh, we're a FCS, uh, used to be called D1AA program. Um, but you know, we we had we was good football. It was it was a great spot for me. I had I was put in a place with a, with a lot of great people around me to help me out to get me where I am today. So you know, I'm very very blessed and fortunate to go there. Sean Payton's always taking guys from big schools, small schools, schools nobody knows about, and finds a way to make them work in the NFL. And, and sometimes I sit there and wonder how much how much of a step is it for a guy like yourself at Tennessee Chattanooga? I went to Southern Illinois University, also okay. the same yeah. football level. The whole nine yards is there a is there a larger leap to the NFL, or is it maybe blown out of proportion? You know. Um I feel like football is football, but I can't really answer that 100% yet. You know, I just got out there today for my first time. Um, I've been watching it, though. I feel good about it. I think, you know, plenty of people have, have made that jump. You know, we've had people from our school um, that, that have succeeded, done very well in the league. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's an adjustment period. But um, ultimately, at the end of the day, football is football no matter where you are. So um, it, it's the same game. Davis, what's the plan now? Now that you're back in pads, I, coach said he's not ready to throw you a full, full amount of reps just yet, but uh, what would be, I think, realistic about you and game reps through the rest of the preseason? You know, I haven't, I haven't heard from the coaches as, as far as game reps yet. Um, just happy to be out there today and, and be able to run around a little bit and, you know, whatever the trainers tell me to do, what the coaches tell me to do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them, I trust them, and I'm ready to go. So. Nice to meet you. We'll be looking for you out there. I appreciate it. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll take you from West Virginia back down to Metairie, Louisiana. And inside Studio B, Daniel Sallerson and Jim Eichenhofer are set to go right after this. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. 
the New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. It is Tuesday, which means Jim Eichenhofer joins me in Studio B. And you're probably wondering, what is there to talk about with the Pelicans? We had Jim on last week to talk about the schedule, but Jim just wrote a great article on Alvin Gentry. I'm not just saying that because he's right in front of me. It actually is a really good article. Jim, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I appreciate the uh, the positive comments about the article it was uh it was fun to do and we'll get into this article it is up now on pelicans.com and you asked a bunch of people about um alvin gentry and i'll get to that in a second but the thing that stuck out to me and it was kind of a point i was trying to make when he was hired because some people were concerned about alvin gentry's record and his history as a head coach but what you noted in your article is how many times he took over as a head coach as an interim head coach he really didn't wasn't able to put his type of offense and his system in until later on I mean how big is it is this basically his second opportunity to really put a staple on his system yeah um I think one of the things that stands out when you really look closely at his career as a head coach is that three times this is his fifth head coaching job but three times he took over a team in the middle of the season which is never a good thing because if you're you're letting a coach go in the middle of the season something has gone haywire right this in the the only other time that he took over a team during the off season where he had a a summer to prepare and get ready for the year was with the clippers in the i think it was around 2000 and the team that he took over there won 15 games the year before he he uh got there they won 31 in his first season which you know it's one of those things where in context you look at it and you're like 31 and 51 that's a pretty bad year but when you figure that they won 15 games the year before that, and I think maybe were the worst team in the league, um, he's just been in. He's really, he's never been in a situation like this before, where he's taken over a team that's been successful as they were last season and has kind of a, a full off season or close to a full off season with how deep Golden State went to uh, you know prepare and get ready to take over a new team. And when he finally did with the Phoenix Suns, when Mike D'Antoni was ousted. He took a team to the Western Conference Finals, so he has had success when he's been able to take over a team on his own. Yeah, he the, the it was really interesting going back through the 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 when he took over the Suns at midseason, the year that he took over, they immediately started scoring a ton and and kind of some foreshadowing for the next chunk of his career, where you know the teams that he's been with as an assistant have scored a ton of points, played fast and that kind of thing, but the first full year that he was with Phoenix as uh, one of the writers, Paul Coro, who does a great job covering the Suns, pointed out the the first full year that he was there, they went to the Western Conference Finals, and I, I want to say they were predicted that year to f- maybe not even make the playoffs, so it was it was a pretty big, um, you know, surpassing of expectations that the Suns had that year, the first first full season that Gentry was their head coach. Now, this was another thing you brought up in your article, and I thought it was very intriguing, was Alvin Gentry is in a pretty comfortable position at this point in his career. Golden State Warriors just won the championship, lead assistant. He's in his, I guess he's 60, 61 years old. Mm-hmm. 
not calling him old or anything, but he's at the very, I would say, close to the end of his career as far as coaching. Some people sure. coach longer than that. He could easily just said, you know what, I'm just going to stay here for a while mm-hmm. and ride off in the sunset and try to enjoy this run that the Golden State Warriors could have. But then he took this job. What was – I know Anthony Davis was a big factor, but does he feel like this is kind of his – I wouldn't say starting over his coaching career, but this was a chance to really put make a statement about his coaching career and really just kind of a, hey, let's give this a whirl. Why not? This opportunity was here. I, I would probably regret it if I didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I think that's something that some of the people that know him well pointed out to me and I thought was really an interesting point was that he uh, he has a great relationship with Steve Kerr from the time that they were together in Phoenix, and then I think even from afar, from our vantage point, we saw constantly how much fun those two guys had, um, including the the video where he s- said, "You know, we're going to be right back here yeah. to to Anthony Davis in the championship locker room." So, um, I think it was one of those things where he he was in a great position, and he could have he could have um, completed his career there and stayed there. And I mean, they're, they're going to be a contender for championships. I think for years to come with the, with the core guys that they have with Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond green. So, I mean, I think the people that know Elvin Gentry really well, I think they, they, they all believe that he, he would not have left there if it wasn't a, a tremendous opportunity. And I think that's what he found here was, was a situation where, it was kind of perfect circumstances where he has a guy like Anthony Davis and he also has a group of other young guys that are not maybe necessarily even in their prime yet and they're they still have room to get better so i think all those different um parts of it made it a, a perfect uh situation for him to come in and and kind of start from start with this starting with the season to see what he can do with these guys i mentioned before who you interviewed for this article um Paul Coro from the Arizona Republican interviewed Luke Walton, who's an assistant with Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. He interviewed his assistant, Elvis. Um, what was the consensus as far as his personality? Because I have a feel like every person you ask and every person I've asked around the league and even just people have asked me how Alvin's been, seems like there's a consensus about his personality. Did you get that when you were interviewing all these people for the article? Yes. I think one of the things that's the, been the most impressive about him is that he has such a good combination of People really respect him as a coach and as a person, but they also really like him. So, I mean, you hear nothing but good things about the guy. I I would say really from day one, no matter who you talk to around the NBA, there's people are kind of um, just very positive about him and they want to see him do well. So, I mean, he has a ton of support around the NBA. And as um, Paul Coro mentioned, and I got to – mentioned him specifically because he helped me so much with you know doing this article um he gentry's been around the league for so long and he's been with so many teams that he has so many friends around the nba he has so many good connections has so many good stories so i mean it was it was pretty easy to to find people that that could um you know talk about his background and and kind of give me a good picture of what elvin gentry is like as a person before I let you go, this was not an article, but I figured I'd ask you, since the news is out, that the team will go to the Greenbrier this season for training camp, something this team hasn't done. Um, I'll ask you when the last time the team traveled somewhere other than New Orleans for training camp. This is mm-hmm. something Alvin Gentry has done before. What are your thoughts on the team going to the Greenbrier for a week before they head to the first preseason game? Yeah, I think the last time that 
this franchise did it was 2009, I want to say, when they went to Lafayette. Um, it sounds like that Gentry likes to go off-site somewhere with his teams. I think, um, I want to say San Diego was one of the places that he took either the Suns or, uh, I think it might have been the Suns when he was there. They went to San Diego, which is uh, obviously a great place to go. Yeah, I go. But, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that he prefers to have the team go off-site. It's something that where they can bond and there's fewer distractions and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's not the same as a football training camp, obviously, because you're not talking about being there for three or four weeks. It's really going to be about four days. I think they'll we'll probably get there Monday night after media day stuff happens here in Metairie, and then we'll leave on Friday to go to the first preseason game. So... But um, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been there before, and I hear nothing but good things about that place. And so, um, you know, I think it'll be it'll be um, interesting, and it'll be good for the the team to uh, have a few days to kind of do some more bonding. I don't I don't know if they necessarily need too much more of that because they know each other so well and they have such good chemistry. But you know, it'll be another uh, another thing that they can use as they go into training camp. And they're bonding right now in L.A. Aren't they going to do some voluntary workouts the next couple of days that's, in L.A.? Yeah, that's right. There's um, ten total of ten players right there um, working out together in in L.A. And so, um, yeah, they're getting an early start. They've been doing that a little bit here and there the last few years, but um, uh, um, there's just a another thing to uh, kind of get the guys together a little early and get a jump start on training camp when they come back here all in uh, September. And I just thought of this because I was just thinking, you know, we're right in the middle of Saints training camp right now, and their training camp lasts so long. They've already been at the Greenbrier for almost three weeks mm-hmm. now. They come back here to New Orleans and still have two, three more weeks of preseason games. And I know when you hear Pelicans training camp, I know some people were like, wait, there's only like a week-long training camp. How are How is uh, the team going to learn Alvin Gentry's system and all that? But keep in mind, I think training camp lasts throughout all the preseason, kind of like the sure. NFL. They just don't label it as training camp because games there's still seven preseason games. Is that basically how it goes? Is training camp will continue afterwards? It's just not going to be labeled. I would say a week long training camp without any games. Yeah, because I think the preseason schedule is going to be announced pretty soon. But I would say the period between the first, even the first preseason game where they're actually playing against another team. And the first regular season game, there's about three, three and a half weeks between those two. So, I mean, there's a big chunk. Even once you start playing um, preseason games, there's a long stretch where you still have a ton of practices. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of I notice a lot of teams, including these guys this year, are kind of cutting back a little bit on the number of preseason games. They're playing seven again this year, which eight used to be the kind of the standard. So for a lot of teams, there's even more practice time than there has been in the past because you're playing – you're playing a little bit fewer games, which gives you more days to, to practice and kind of go through all the paces of, of a training camp. I wouldn't mind it cutting down to like two or three. That's <laughs> just my personal preference. If someone has to be at all of them, and I know you you the same way. So Sure. I mean, I've heard them. I've heard Adam Silver and various people in the recent past say that they'd like to get it down to four games. I think that's a pretty good compromise between yeah. what it has been in the past and what it was the, during the lockout year, where it was two, where I, and that was I perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, not Only too many away with the Memphis Grizzlies, and we were done. Not too many of us were complaining about that, but nope. I, I think four would be probably a good number, and uh, it's it'll be a much less kind of drawn out preseason if it gets to that point. It'll be here before you know it. Jim start packing for the Greenbrier, and uh, be sure to check out his, his Alvin Gentry feature, excuse me, on Pelicans.com. It is up 
as we speak. Jim, thank you for the time in Studio B, and uh, we'll talk to you later, my friend. Thanks for having me, as always. Sean Kelly will be back. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and host your birthday party, corporate event, or a holiday party in a Pelicans luxury suite. No matter who you're entertaining, let the Pelicans take the hassle out of finding a venue and planning world-class entertainment. Luxury suites are available now for the games throughout the Pelican season, giving you great seats to see the biggest stars in the NBA. For more information and to book your luxury suite night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, and welcome back to West Virginia at the Greenbrier, where the Saints are getting ready to wind down training camp 2015, presented by Verizon here in the coming days. Final takeaway for you for today, John, is there something that sticks out that you'll take into tomorrow more than anything else? No, just looking forward to tomorrow. Um, yeah. We heard Coach Payton talk about it, and uh, one of the things that they like about working with New England, he and Bill Belichick being friends, is that they're able to get con- conductive work out of it. Uh, not a lot of fights break out in their in their you know, dual scrimmages, dual practices. So looking forward to seeing that. Um, looking forward to seeing what the Saints will do against that secondary because we know the uh, the proven guys, Marcus Colston and Brandon Cooks, so to speak. But now, you know, Brandon Coleman's going to get his opportunity. Um, maybe a Joe Morgan and a Shontavious Jones, and those guys will get a chance to show up a little bit against an opposing secondary that's going to give them a little bit more resistance or a little bit different look than they're accustomed to seeing. So I'm, I'm really anxious to see what happens tomorrow. I'm really hoping that Sean Payton's luck with weather continues through the next 48 to 72 hours. Uh, the rain and thunderstorms are in the forecast here for West Virginia. I don't know what to believe anymore, J.D., with regard to that. But that would play a major role in the success of these joint practices over the next two days. Well, it's going to be extremely difficult to work, especially on the upper field if it, if it rains. So we'll have to take all, what, 180 players or so down on the lower field and um, basically split the field and have one team working on one end, the other one working on the other end as they warm up, and then, you know, they'll get into the uh, the team drills. But instead of being able to do two sets of team drills, they'll only be able to do one set. So, you know, that will be able to – that will cut down some on the uh, amount of work that can be done. So you hope that where the holes out with Sean Payton's luck uh, – in training camps, it probably will because I don't know that we've had to push many down to the lower field. We hope this one is going to be able to remain on the upper field so both fields can be used. You can follow him at John, at John DeShazer on uh, Twitter. I'm at Sean Kelly Live. We'll, of course, have lots of updates for you throughout the uh, two days of practices with the Patriots before we head back to uh, New Orleans ourselves in preparation for this weekend's game. Hey, by the way, don't forget – Pelicans.com already now has all the information you need with their great mini package plans on sale now for the upcoming season. We have so many great weekend home games. I think you're going to want to take a peek at those before they all go bye-bye here in the coming weeks. Keep that in mind. Otherwise, we'll see you later on at NewOrleansSaints.com, and uh, we'll continue our coverage here from the Greenbrier as the Saints make their way through the final week here at training camp. 
Thanks again to Davis Tull today, Brandon Coleman, and Jim Eichenhofer for being our guests. We'll see you right back here tomorrow when the Patriots and the Saints will share the same field here at the Greenbrier. So long. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.